We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. What a day for the Lakers today. Not only did we have this schedule drop and letting us know what the team would uh, would be looking like this season, what their schedule would be, but we also had a little bit of news. Pau Gasol, his jersey getting retired, and we found out LeBron James has signed his extension, which has some important ramifications for the Lakers, both in terms of the cap and the trade front. We're going to break all that down. Of course, if you're joining us live from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. We'll be taking your questions as we get through the night. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, make sure that you do subscribe over there. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star rating and review. We definitely appreciate it. Joining me tonight, we've got Matt, the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing? It was a busy day today. A lot of news. Yeah, a lot of, lot of news. I uh, felt like um, it was pretty slow for the past couple of weeks. And then let's just dump everything on a, on a tidy Wednesday right before you need to leave. That's right. That's right. I am taking off in like seven hours, something, something like that, something ridiculous like that. Um, and so I was glad that at least the LeBron extension came through but before I left. But let me ask you this, Matt, just to not bury the lead here or anything. Now that LeBron has signed an extension, Mm-hmm. Do you think a trade is more or less likely to happen prior to training camp? Mm, I am still going to lean on the side of more likely. I think that I think LeBron probably has more confidence in the Lakers short term here if he's willing to sign, you know, what is it, six weeks out from training camp as opposed to, you know, taking this all the way into the season. Um, I, I've seen the sentiment floated around online a lot, and I, and I kind of agree with it. I feel like he doesn't sign it unless he feels like a move is coming or it's it's in the works. So I'm I'm going to choose to believe that the Lakers are cooking something up because we did also get some reports from Woj on ESPN today saying that Rob Polink has been incredibly active. We also got some stuff about Kyrie Irving. So I, I think all of this is probably uh, interrelated here. Yeah, I was going to say, why now? That That's the one thing that I was looking at. You know, he could have mm-hmm. signed August 4th. He has all the way until June 30th. There was some speculation that, you know, maybe opposing teams might try to use this as leverage or, or LeBron might try to use a situation as leverage to hold this over the Lakers. Hey, I'll sign the extension as soon as you make a trade. So why not? Why 
not at this point? Why midway through August? Why do this now? Yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Maybe, you know, August 4th, they already had the framework or most of it mm -hmm. hammered out and it just took up until today to really finalize all the details. Though I can't imagine Rob Palenka is holding anything out from LeBron in contract negotiations. It's it's to me, it's like, here, LeBron, just tell me what you want and we'll give it to you. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you're if you're looking at it from a why now perspective, it has to be that something's happening where LeBron feels confident in, in um, committing for at least another season after this one. That's where I'm at, too. I, I tend to think because we've heard LeBron is so in on the Lakers getting Kyrie Irving. And I'm not saying that means the Kyrie trade is about to happen or anything like that. But right. all the reports have been that LeBron wants Kyrie. LeBron wants Kyrie in Russell Westbrook out. That's that's what he's looking to, to have, have happen here, that either he believes that's going to happen or something else is coming. It just that seems to make sense. I also wonder if Rob Polinka may have talked to LeBron and said, you know, the Pacers, the Nets, they're all going to hold this over us. You give us a little bit more bargaining power. If mm. you just commit to the franchise and you show that you're on board, then they can't hold that over us and say, well, you have to do this trade. Otherwise, LeBron's not going to sign the extension. Maybe the Lakers feel like they can get a better deal and they talk to LeBron regarding that. But again, that's, that's speculation on my part. I tend to think that it, it means that something – is is brewing and lebron wanted to make sure that optics wise that he was already committed before that thing happened because it doesn't look great if a deal happens and then lebron signs immediately after right like that that would send us tend to suggest that lebron was really pulling the strings and was holding that over the lakers head doing it this way doesn't necessarily send that message Right, I, I think so. Um, the, we did have that previous report about you know LeBron expressing concerns to Rob Polinka about the roster and and how they still need pieces, and he's been privately adamant about you know Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I want to think that after that meeting, LeBron felt good and that he trusts the front office to make moves to ensure that they're really chasing after titles while he's with the Lakers. So I, I think this is a, a positive sign and an encouraging sign for, you know, the partnership between LeBron and the Lakers right now. I think they're both in a good place. And I think, you know, ultimately culminated in this extension, which is what we all wanted. Yeah, exactly. It, it is what we wanted. And it's the exact deal that we predicted it was going to be two years, a player option on the second year, allow him to be a free agent potentially when Bronny hits the NBA in 2024 also lines up with Anthony Davis now yep. with, with his potential uh, player option. Well, not potential. He does have a player option for that year. LeBron and Anthony Davis, both having player options in the same season that, I mean, these two guys are committed to playing together for the next two seasons with the Lakers. And then after that, we'll see this organization could be in an interesting spot in terms of pivoting after that. Um, and with that being the case, Rob Palenka, Woj said he's wheeling and dealing. Well, he's yep. wheeling anyway, not Trying dealing to. yet. Yeah. Doing everything he can. Do you think that that causes the Lakers to hesitate to take back any contract that go that would go past two years, knowing that they may be that two years from now may indeed be the pivot point? Um, I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't think it should. Um, I don't think it ever should have been in the first place. But in this case, I really don't think so. Now that you have your two stars locked up simultaneously until 2024. Um, the only reason why I feel like they might not want to is they have their eyes on a couple free agents or a piece next summer that they think they need that cap space for. But I, I don't think they should really be thinking about that. I think they should be thinking about this year specifically. And if that means, you know, and I think everyone's thinking it too, if that means having to absorb Joe Harris or another deal or whatever other salary to offload Russ to get a deal done, I feel like they're more likely to do that now. Because again, 
Um, I think this is a sign of good faith from LeBron saying, hey, yeah. I'm going to sign with you guys, but now it's your turn to, to hold up your end of the bargain and make sure you get me pieces so I can contend for a title this season. Agreed. I, I think something goes down as soon as I am halfway over the Pacific. That's 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 when it's going to going to happen. So you just we've been predicting it. It's going to happen as soon as uh, I am unavailable. Uh, Sean, Mister Steal Your Girl Davis with a super chat. Look said, at the Abby. <laughs> oh God, I love it. Said Braun stays. Gasol jersey retired. All we need is a Westbrook trade announcement, and this will be a top ten off season in Lakers history. Let's effing go. You know what's funny? That's exactly my thought was. It sounded like it felt like today I could have used one more announcement just to cap uh, it all off. But I guess I'll take two out of three good things today. I, I felt like from a PR standpoint, now I know the LeBron extension got leaked. And so that wasn't the Lakers announcing it. Clutch did announce it, though. They did. Um, yeah. So it was like officially announced and everything. The schedule drop was coming as well. And everybody knew that was happening. Why announce the POW thing today? Like, like uh, this is the, I'm not complaining at all that POW is getting. Uh, his jersey retired. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think it, it's well-deserved. No problem with that whatsoever. I'm not upset that the Pow is getting this honor. I think he very much should. Why not announce that tomorrow even, right? I mean, give, like this just ensures that this announcement that Pow's jersey is getting retired is going to be overshadowed because the, uh, the other news from today. Right. I, I, I agree totally. I felt like the Pow thing got lost as soon as LeBron's thing was announced um there's two things that are running through my head right now first uh -huh. thing is maybe they didn't know for sure lebron was going to sign today Possibly. maybe it could have taken longer maybe it could have been tomorrow when you're off to halfway across the pacific uh but as soon as it inked to paper i'm assuming that they just had to announce it that's probably my first thought my second thought is maybe because they know lakers fans have been so frustrated and itching for good news that they decided to just give it all at the same time to to, to have people off their backs for a little bit. I personally would have spaced it out to you, but maybe they just said, you know what? We know you guys have been have been waiting for stuff, so let's just give you all the good stuff we have right now. Just a good news cannon from the Lakers. The right. Lakers yep. today. You got you got the you have to get excited about the schedule. You got this LeBron extension. You get Pau Gasol in his jersey. Okay. Maybe maybe all of this though is the appetizer to the truly yep. big news of a trade happening sometime soon. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And maybe they didn't want anyone to leak that, you know, Powell's going to get his jersey retired. Maybe they want it to come from them directly. Okay. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I definitely don't want to gloss over Powell's jersey retirement. I think that's been, you know, that to me, that was never a discussion. I remember people were wondering, should Powell get his jersey retired? To me, that was never a question. So now I'm happy yeah. that's official. Yeah. Uh, that's official. That's going to be taking place. And I like that they're going to do it when they're playing the Grizzlies. Nice touch. Yeah. yeah, that was that was smart planning by the by the Lakers, um, even if the, the timing of the announcement was not. Uh, Senpai NFT. KD might be right. If Sean Marks actually thinks they can do better than two firsts for Kyrie, he should be fired immediately. Maybe heavy protections. Um, right. Could protections be what's holding up this? I'd... Like Woj made a comment that he that the Nets just aren't interested in something like that. The two for that the Lakers would be Woj said the Lakers would be willing to do two firsts for Kyrie Irving, but the Nets aren't interested, and the Lakers are not interested in doing two firsts in any other trade. And specifically, I think we were talking about the the Pacers trade. Mm -hmm. um, what are we What are we thinking here? Then is the Kyrie if if the Nets are saying we're not interested in two firsts, I don't tend to tend to buy that. I tend to buy that. The Nets just haven't figured out life yet. They don't, I mean, they're trying to figure out what's happening with Kevin Durant, right? And yeah. They don't, 
they're not in a point where they can just pull the trigger on a Kyrie trade at this moment. Yeah, I, I ended up writing that article for LakersNation.com about the whole Lakers willing to offer two firsts for Kyrie and Nets say no, or they're not interested right now. Um, uh-huh. when, I, when I first saw or like listened to the clip, I, I did a double take because I wasn't sure if I heard Woj right because what, what are the Nets doing? Like who who is giving up one first, let alone two for Kyrie it, right now? But it's Woj. Exactly. I, I mm-hmm. Caveat aside, I just had to do a double take because to me that makes zero sense. Like we've heard so many, you know, things about what it costs, what it would cost to get Kyrie, right? I think the original one was one first in a couple seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Now we've got this report from Woj saying two first for Kyrie and the Nets are saying no. To me, something's not adding up. That that to me is just we're saying no right now because we need to move Kevin Durant. But if and when that does, that does happen, we will happily take that deal. That's the way I'm going to look at it. It's the fact that it's coming from Adrian Wojnarowski means it's coming from the Nets. Of course, that's. I mean, that, why, why, that's, what, how does that benefit the Lakers? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly, and that's just. On, we live in a in a world where you do have to kind of read between the lines like that with with newsbreakers and stuff, and it's very clear that Woj is very tight with the with the Nets with Sean Marks. Um, Ethan Strauss did the whole piece uh, what a week ago or so on his sub- Substack about why Woj didn't report the news that Kevin Durant was demanding that that Sean Marks and and Steve Nash be fired. Why ESPN didn't touch any of that for so long? Mm-hmm. Well, they, because Woj has built this relationship. He's got all of these sources. And he has to protect those sources in order to keep those sources feeding him information. And so you wind up with little bits of news like this. Now, I'm not saying he's wrong. He might very well be right that the Nets are just saying, you know what? We're just not interested in this. We're, they, they may decide, you know, we're just keeping Kyrie. I don't care how many picks you give us. It would be crazy, but they could do that. Um, but it's just something you have to keep in mind when you hear something like that. Like, oh, the Nets aren't even interested in two first round picks. I don't think I buy that. I think it makes more sense that they're just not prepared to make a deal at this point. I, I am of the same mindset. And yeah. this goes back to the thing I tweeted on July 8th at this point is that nothing really happens with Kyrie until Kevin Durant gets moved. I don't think that's changed at all, personally. All right. Uh, See Why Not said, with LeBron resigning, we should probably look at trading Russ for multiple players. We've talked about this. Uh, trading for Kyrie will and having to pay him will limit roster construction in the league and with depth probably being more important. Sure. So that, that's important with the context because now we have certainty. Now we know LeBron is under contract for the next two years. So the 65, I keep using the figure 65. I think the reality is it was between 60 and 70 million in cap space next summer, depending on what Taylor Horton Tucker did. Great. That's gone. It's no longer 60 to 70. It's now 20 to 30, depending on what THT does. That's mm-hmm. how much cap space the Lakers now have. Are you as concerned now about giving a contract to Kyrie with LeBron signed up for the next two years, knowing that that's your cap situation moving forward? No, and this is this is my point earlier about unless Lakers have their eye on a free agent or multiple free agents next summer that they want to use that cap space for, I feel like the best use of it would be to grab a player or players uh, in a deal right now and then re-sign those guys. Um, specifically, what I'm thinking is if you do the Indiana deal, you're probably going to want to re-sign Miles Turner, right? Um, so that, that's the route I would go. And, you know, to the question's point, it, this is the debate I think most people have been having all summer. Do you trade for the third star or do you trade for depth? It's, it's really a matter of what do you value more personally? I would like to go for the third star in this case, um, just because I feel like the depth options of Heald and Turner don't provide the same kind of upside, but 
you can easily talk me into the other end and, and I will probably be okay with it. Would you, if a Kyrie deal is not there, would you ultimately do two firsts for the Pacers deal? I think you almost kind of have to, right? Unless the, the price for multiple players in another deal is a lot cheaper. I think this is where we're at. I yeah. Honestly, I think I think the Nets are not ready to make a move with Kyrie. They're trying to figure out life with Kevin Durant, uh, which means you could be going into the season waiting to see if something works with Kyrie. Meanwhile, the Pacers, the Spurs, the Jazz, anybody else who could get into the mix here, they are waiting. Now, the, the Jazz, the, say, Knicks, they're going to do a Donovan Mitchell deal first. That's got to happen first as well. But right now, just specifically with the Pacers, they're looking at things saying, well, as we get closer to training camp, the Lakers will blink. We want two firsts. They'll give us two firsts closer to training camp. The Lakers are saying, well, as we get closer to training camp, maybe the Spurs will come off or the, the Pacers will come off of their asking price of two first rounders and we can do one first and some seconds or something like that. You're, they're just still waiting for somebody to blink now with LeBron under contract. So I think this is where we're the, the sticking point we're at right now. And now we'll see, does LeBron being under contract give the Lakers leverage or does LeBron or is LeBron under contract because the Lakers told him we'll do what it takes to get a deal done. And then we see two first go out in say a Pacers trade. Right. I think that makes sense. Um, and I probably believe that's the, the best course of action for the Lakers given where they are knowing that you have that certainty. Um, if I told you it's two firsts for Heald and Turner, or you do a Utah deal, for example, and it costs you a first and some seconds for, you know, two, three guys that we've talked about previously, like, which one would you rather lean toward doing? Beverly, by Boyan, and a first and a couple of, I think I'd rather do the Pacers deal. Okay, that's fair. And, no, and I, I think the Jazz players are, a, are an easier fit, but I think there's more upside with the Pacers guys. Sure. No, that I mean, that makes sense. And again, I think you, if you trade for someone like Miles Turner, you are conceivably trading for him to extend him also. So yes. that's also a factor. I'm, I'm also not with, with this LeBron deal done. I'm not worried about saving cap space for 2023 anymore. You shouldn't be. Yeah. No, I, I I'm not, I'm not concerned about that at all. And that's, uh, you're still going to have spending power. Even if you go and you burn through that cap space, but let's say you take on buddy healed, you're still going to have your, your mid-level exception. You'll actually have the full mid-level, which will be about $11 right. million. Dollars. Yep. Um, otherwise let's say THT ops in, you're talking about $20 million that you'd have available, right? Which that's not nothing. You could use that to go find some guys on the market. You would also have the room exception, which would give you another like five and change almost six, I believe. It's almost six with the calorie if the salary cap goes up, right? Right. So you you would have some money to go spend there, but if you can go get like, are you getting better pieces than Miles Turner and Buddy Heald with that cap space? Probably, Probably not. not. So I'm okay with with using that cap room in that way. I'm not now that you've got LeBron locked in. I'm not worried about trying to preserve that cap space and not take on future deals. Now, now you you put the pieces around to give LeBron what he needs, even if it goes past this season. Right. And then, you know, just as far as since we're on the heel turner front, right, if um, yeah. we're not concerned about 2023 cap space, absorbing Buddy Heald is a lot easier to, to swallow. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're you become more willing because he's got that extra year. I also think it means that you're even more willing to do an extension or a new contract or whatever with with Miles Turner. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I think that's why, you know, having the certainty with LeBron opens up a lot more avenues or yeah. it gives the Lakers more reassurance and, and confidence in doing either of these trades. It's less 
flexibility for the future in terms of cap space now that LeBron has signed up. But of course, you would rather have LeBron than have cap space. Right. He's LeBron. But the certainty has value. The certainty has value because now you can plan things out from here knowing, okay, we've got LeBron under contract for at least the next two years. And that's really, I, I believe the Lakers should be approaching this as though this is now a two-year window. And then after that, who knows? Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't think we've really talked about this quite yet, but I mean, I saw some people saying like, you know, oh, well, LeBron's going to be 40. Like, how good is he going to be? Well, I'll tell you right now, LeBron will be better than any player the Lakers could get in free agency or to deal. Yeah, that, so that's I, a good point. 100% worth it. Yep. Uh, Joey C, which trade slash free agent target did you want this season that LA missed out on? Mine is mm-hmm. DeAnthony Melton. He is to me what Damian Jones is to you, Trev. Oh, well, Joey, then I, I feel for you because mm-hmm. I've been every time that I've felt down, if I felt a little bit down. If, you know, the grind of the offseason has been getting to me, if so many people complaining that the, that a move hadn't been done yet or something, we're starting to, starting to get me feeling a little blue. I would just go over, take a peek at the Lakers roster and see that my guy, Damian Jones is right there. Turn my frown upside down. I, I'd be feeling better. So I feel for you, Joey. I understand you didn't get your guy this season. De'Anthony Melton, heck of a player. And I, I agree. I think that he would have been a fantastic addition fantastic. to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But which guy, Matt, who is your guy that you really wanted the Lakers to get that they didn't get? Do you want my answer? Do you want my, my honest answer? Or do you want like my, my, my shtick answer? Are they they're two different things? Now I kind of want to hear both. Well, I mean, the shtick answer is Wesley Matthews. Okay, that that's on brand. Got it. Yeah. No, and I, if you've been listening to the show since like I don't know April, May, uh, I was caping really hard for Bruce Brown. Uh huh. He was uh he was my dream target because I I thought there was going to be no way that he was going to make less than the taxpayer mid level, and lo and behold, that's what he ended up getting. So that 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 actually really hurt because. Again, we haven't heard anything, but if the difference between, you know, the Lakers and the Nuggets was uh, a second year, I'm going to be livid. Uh, yes, that would not be good. Yeah, that would that would not be a good thing. But um, if. Let, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, they're essentially going to try to turn if he's on the roster, Russell Westbrook into a forty seven million dollar Bruce Brown. Could that ease the pain? Why why not get rid of that and actually get the real Bruce Brown for six point five million? Agreed. Yep. It still hurts. Yeah, it's still it's still, still it still sucks for me personally. I I mean and and you know the part that also kind of makes that sting a little bit more is who the Lakers ended up using that on. Not not to say I'm down on Lonnie Walker. I just didn't think, you know, doubt should have been the priority, but I get it because of relationships and clutch and whatnot. So I mean it is what it is. Agreed. Um my guy that they didn't get was Otto Porter Jr. Yep, Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. Yeah. You knew that. That was clear. We, we talked about it a bunch. That was the guy that I was hoping that they would land, and they, they didn't weren't uh, able to get him. I have a good question for you. What's, like, the value signing that you wish the Lakers landed on? Mine's Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, Dante DiVincenzo was a good one. That's a good call. Um, I, I mean, Porter Jr., I think, was a, was a heck of a value signing. Mm-hmm. Um, DiVincenzo's a nice one. Bruce Brown is up there too. That one just I think sucks, that's, man. That, that one yeah, still hurts for me. That was a good value signing. Value trade so far. The Christian Wood trade still hurts. <laughs> that one's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. That one definitely hurts. Uh, Marcelo uh, Guzman coming in from Peru. Hey, he also has the, the, the AEW icon. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> we go. It's, it's making the rounds. 
Uh, so let's go Lakers. Let's go Trevor. Let's go Matthew. Uh, how old is Sean? He's 45. Uh, he's not here. He's still trying to get to his computer. Still walking over there. Yeah. Yeah, he's having some trouble. Just texted yeah. us. He's uh he's using his cane because he's 45. That's right. Uh, Aaron says, what do you think about getting Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly along with the Pacers deal? Our depth would be crazy. I guess before we talk about those guys specifically, mm-hmm. let's say you do the Pacers deal. Russell Westbrook goes out, mm-hmm. maybe THT, maybe not. Buddy Heald, Miles Turner come in. Do the Lakers need to get another point guard? I'd say so for depth. I mean, your only true point guard at that point would be Kendrick Nunn, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You'd have to be very confident in Kendrick Nunn. Or you'd have to be willing to say, LeBron, you're handling the basketball again, just like a couple of years ago. And we're going to put, you know, it's going to be Austin Reeves. It's going to be somebody else in there. Well, I guess it would be maybe Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, LeBron. That would be your your lineup. And then you go from there with LeBron as the primary ball handler. But I still think you would need, you probably do need one more. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I just feel like it's it's never a bad thing to have too many guys that can break a defender off on the dribble and, and sure. you know, creates a penetration and open up some things for people. Um, obviously, I think LeBron would be doing most of that uh, in, this, in this hypothetical, but I think having some depth pieces that can do that also would be nice. More so than issue to the Pat Bev, but, you know, just having a guard in general to shore up that rotation I think would be solid. Dennis Schroeder or Patrick Beverly... I don't would would you get both of them? I think I would get either or. Yeah, I think it'd have to be either one. or. I, I mean, depends, right? Like, what's going out for the Lakers? Do we have the sure. do we have the roster spots for them? Um, like, if you told me midseason Dennis Shooter is going to be our fifteenth guy, like because no one signed him. Sure. Oh, okay. Here's here's a good, here's a good question. Would you rather sign Dennis Shooter for the veteran minimum mm-hmm. or? Trade THT and a second and get Patrick Beverly. Mm, I think I'd rather do Dennis Shooter at that point. You have an open roster spot, by the way, just to, to clarify. Yeah, I think I'd still rather do Dennis at that point. Agreed. I think I think because even if, even if you're not a THT fan, that's a salary that could be put into a future deal. Especially because I'm projecting him to opt into his deal next season. Mm-hmm. Like a $10 million expiring next season at the trade deadline could be pretty useful. That's true. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Assuming you're still wanting to move them at that point. Yeah, and and if you don't 
see if you don't care that much about future salary anymore about whether or not THT opts in then you lose some of the incentive to do a deal like the Patrick Beverly deal because some of the right. benefit of that is that Patrick Beverly is expiring compared to THT who has a player option if you were really mm -hmm. concerned about clearing cap space for next summer which I don't think the Lakers should be anymore then the deal makes more sense to, to go and get Patrick Beverly yeah let's 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 be honest here man we're talking about THT's 20 year 20 22 years old season yeah <laughs> like he is a lot younger than some of the prospects out of this year's draft still. And That's I think right. that might be the case next year. That's ridiculous. That's so that's so crazy. He's got three years under his belt already. THT is on his second contract already. He, he barely drink. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, what would it take for a Cam Reddish trade THT in a second? I put this one up because I want to address that the rumor was never that the Knicks wanted THT. Yep. It was the Raptors. It was going to be a three-team deal. Cam Reddish. The Lakers want Cam Reddish. I still don't have a good sense of whether or not the Knicks want Taylor Horton Tucker. So I wouldn't assume that that's out there or that's even possible because we do, we just don't have any intel on whether or not they want him. We know the Raptors wanted him, but not the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, does THT make sense for the Knicks? Like, let's say they give up, like, you know, Quentin Grimes and some other stuff, and I don't know, maybe even Emmanuel quickly uh, in a in a Donovan Mitchell trade. Does like does having THT as like your your third bard off the bench make a lot of sense in New York? Really? Uh, you know, I, I was going through his stats because I did a video the other day on THT, and so I was going through some of his stats. Do you know he played eighty percent of his minutes at small forward for the Lakers last year? Um, that makes sense because that's what all we heard last offseason was three and D wing. Right. And and the, the Lakers were very weak in terms of, of true wing players. They just didn't have very many of them. And so he kind of had to. But do you think that's actually his ideal role in the NBA is playing a three? No. Okay. I no, don't I don't me, think so either. No, to me he's like um Eric Gordon without the jump shot, but more of a handle. Oh, that's interesting. I think it's the body composition, skill set. Yeah, I was gonna say that, yeah, that's it's, part it's of really, it too. It's just really the body composition, long arms, stocky, 6'4", guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me, he's a two. Combo guard probably is more accurate, but I think he's more positionally, like, mono-positionally a two. God, can we get him Eric Gordon shooting? Just, just fuse him. Just, just Frankenstein him together. It'll be fine. It'll definitely work. Eric Gordon, THT, if like, you fuse those two together, is like a $20, $25 million player pretty easily. <laughs> God, that's scary to think of. Yep. Yeah. Renee says, any plans on doing memberships for the channel? Um, no, nothing brewing as of this moment. We're always kicking around different ideas and stuff like that, but nothing nothing in the works as of as of this second. But yeah, all stuff that we will discuss at some point. I, I do take money, though, regardless of membership, so feel free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? I, I just thought, do you have any uh, updates on, uh, on fantasy football? Oh, yes. Wow. What a great – what a – Kind of abrupt segue, but I, yes. I, um, you went, we went to money, and then I instantly started thinking about fantasy football. I just, I don't know, maybe I'm planning on winning <laughs> leagues or something like that. Wow. Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, breaking news, we are doing the Lakers Nation Listener League for mm -hmm. this year again. Fun. I actually just created the league today and invited some uh, Lakers Nation staffers to join me. Uh, for anyone curious, it's going to be myself and Trevor. Trevor was a la la uh, last-minute ad. Did not take much convincing at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be me, Trevor, Mark Gunnels, and Ron Gutterman, who I know a lot of people have been missing on the channel. So he, he'll also be playing. So we've got eight spots for a 12-man league. 
Um, for anyone that didn't know last year, we did this also. It was a blast. So we wanted to do it again. Um, Trevor, I don't know if you can, but if you could pull up the, the, the Gmail account. So for this year, we are going to be accepting um, submissions to join the Listener League this year. We've got eight spots open, like I mentioned. Uh, if you, What's the account? Yeah, so if you can email LakersNationFF at gmail.com, um, in your submission, just make sure to, you know, say you want to join the league, give us a reason why, uh, videos, photos, anything else you can think of to throw in there to make your submission stand out, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, the staff and I will be going through submissions and we'll be accepting them all the way up until Thursday, August 25th at midnight. So again, for those who are interested in joining, the email is up on the screen right now. If you're watching the live stream, if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, it's LakersNationFF at gmail.com. Uh, hit that email. Let us know why you should join the league. Tell us what a big Laker fan you are. Any other things that you want to throw in there would be greatly appreciated. And again, like I mentioned, we'll be picking eight people for this year's league, and it should be fun. Um, other details to follow, but right now we're going to try and set that league up for you guys and get that going as soon as possible. So That's right. Come play some fantasy football with us, with our listener league. It's always a lot of fun. Had a great time last year and uh, looking to do it again this year. So come join us for that. All right. Um, get back into some of our, our comments here. Ah, here it is. A super chat said, do you think the Lakers are reluctant with a Kyrie trade because they know he will just sign with us next year? Is, is that, well, I mean, with LeBron's extension now. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, LeBron has signed the extension, but I don't think you just tell LeBron, hey, thanks for signing the extension. Now we can wait till next year to get Kyrie in. We don't have to, we don't have to get that done in order to get you to sign this thing. Now, I, I don't think that they're going to be reluctant to do a Kyrie trade now. I think they they did this. They tried this with Paul George years ago. It did not work out well. When the Lakers felt like Paul George was coming in for agency the next year, the Lakers told the Pacers, no, we're not giving you our best stuff. We're not giving you, at the time, the number two pick in the draft for Paul George because we're getting him for free next year. By the time next year rolled around, Paul George had kind of changed his mind, and he was annoyed that the Lakers didn't give up what they needed to, to bring him to LA. So with that being the case, I don't think if you're the Lakers, you would mess around with that type of situation again, particularly because it's Kyrie. Oh, I mean, right now he might be thinking, yes, I'll go to the Lakers in 2023, but that could change tomorrow. It's Kyrie. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyrie coming in free agency next off season was really more of a, does LeBron sign his extension or not kind of deal. Uh, now that we know we love runs here, um, I don't see that they're, they'd be more reluctant to, to trade for him now. I think, if anything, it puts more pressure on them to trade for him. So, yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, Rob Ferelli says, where does Damian Jones fit in the rotation with the indie deal? I love his game, but I feel like Darvin Ham will turn to Miles and Thomas Bryant for most of the minutes at the five. Now, I mean, I'm not as big of a, a Damian Jones fans as I present myself to be. I, I like him. I felt like he was a great value. And I thought that as a value player, he made a lot of sense over some of the other non three point shooting centers like a Dwight Howard or, or Hassan Whiteside or somebody else that was out there. I liked him and his fit better, but with his skill set, the answer might be that he doesn't fit. 
if Miles Turner and Thomas Bryant are on the team because you can have now a three-point shooting big man on the floor at all times if you're running a rotation with Thomas Bryant and Miles Turner, which is more similar to what Darvin Ham was used to in Milwaukee. So that's the situation they had with Bobby Portis and our old friend Brooke Lopez. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I think we'd be remiss to not mention that, you know, Damian Jones has some sort of three-point arsenal now. <laughs> very, very, he, he shot like half yeah, a per game. I was going to say very, very low attempt and volume, but yeah. I'm just saying it's in his back pocket. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good question. If uh, let's say the Lakers do the Indiana deal, you have Miles Turner, Thomas Bryant, and Damian Jones, and presumably minutes for Anthony Davis at the five. So it gets really crowded there. Um, to me, I look at Damian Jones as a depth piece and a change of pace option. If you want to go bigger and you want a traditional rim runner, shot blocking center. I think, you know, if Darvin Ham likes that look on a certain night more, he can plug in Damian Jones. Um, but I don't expect him, even right now, to be honest with you, Trevor, to be a regular rotation guy, at least for the start of the season. I think it's really going to be like, what do I need out of my center spot today? I think if, let's say that Thomas Bryant, his three-point shot, it was a bit spotty last season. Mm -hmm. If that continues, then Damian Jones has a shot here. If Thomas Bryant is shooting... 35-ish percent from three. Oh, uh, man, starting. Then he's, he's probably starting. Yeah, and, and again, even with my affinity for, for Damian Jones, I'd have, still have to admit that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. And if Miles turns on, on the roster, he's going to be a starter for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Yeah, you're not paying him $17 million to not start. Yeah. Captain Chevrolet, with our two primary stars possibly bailing in two years, wouldn't we want all the picks we can get in five to seven years? Am I insane? No, you're not. I mean, ideally, yes, you'd want to have control of all of your future picks, knowing that LeBron and AD aren't going to be around for that next era. But you also have to think, what's your opportunity cost of keeping those picks? It might be contending right now with these guys. How many LeBrons are there? There's one. So I mean, technically the... two, including his son. But Oh, fair <laughs> point. Sorry. Touche. But don't you have to do what you can to maximize this guy while you've got him? Oh, absolutely. No, I think so, you have, the Lakers are operating now. Yeah. If, if the Lakers can find a way to improve the roster without having to give up those picks. Great. They would love to do it. They would love to do it. But I don't know if it's going to be possible now. Maybe they can find a way to only give up one. And if you can do that, then fantastic. Then it's a, even an easier pill to swallow. But I don't think you can just say, well, LeBron and AD, we've only got you for two more years. So we're going to hang on to these future picks. And uh, thanks, guys. You know, let's go out there and give it to you all the next couple of years. And, and we'll figure things out from there and see where the chips fall. I think you got to try to cash in on any opportunity you can get to win. Because let's face it, if you put the right pieces around LeBron and AD, that could turn into a championship if it's the right pieces. I don't think this team has the right pieces right now. It needs a trade. I agree 100%. And then, you know, just projecting forward, and I thought about this a lot as soon as, you know, I realized that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to be tied together. Let's just say hypothetically in this scenario, they both bailed. Uh, the Lakers would have boatloads of cap space, and they can recoup picks by doing the smart thing and taking on bad contracts with Good picks point. attached. Um so, because, you know, like, let's face it, if LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't on the roster, it's, it's really hard to imagine the Lakers contending anytime soon after that. So you might as well try and re, re, uh, restock the cupboard, so to speak, by doing it that way down the line. 
Mario Hernandez, which stretch of games do you feel? Let's talk a little bit about the schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel the Lakers should win, and which one will be the hardest for them to compete? Uh, I mean, to start the season sucks. <laughs> the start of the season is rough, but there is a very soft stretch in November. Right. Um, we did a live show on this, but then there's also a ridiculous stretch in... I think December is like mostly road heavy, and it's against a lot of good teams. Is it December? There, December's tough, but there's also a stretch in like... It goes through the All-Star break, I think, February and into March, where there's, yeah. there's a period of about a calendar month. Now, again, the All-Star break, I think, breaks it up, but about a month where they play OKC twice, and out of that entire time span, that's the only non-playoff team they play. Every other game is against a solid playoff team. Yeah, someone made this point, and I and I didn't realize it until after, but um, it's not really an ideal situation for a new roster and a new head coach to have such a hard schedule off the bat and then to have a an easier stretch on the back half of the schedule ideally it's the other way around um but that's and i think last season right yeah and, you know i'm thinking about this now even to like the 20 the 2020 championship year like i don't know if you really remember but the lakers schedule to start that year wasn't quite uh difficult it got more difficult as the season progressed but you know the lakers had found their footing and so you know they were able to to build themselves up to a point where they were a title contender this year it feels like the opposite so i, I think i would not be surprised if people are panicking by like mid-november because they're like a 500 or sub 500 team at that point i i think i like this year's schedule better than last year's that's fair and that's I'm, not and that's not to say that it's great or, or that it's ideal because it's not mm -hmm. it's not and i you know what let's be honest i would have complaints about any schedule there would be points i would look at where i'd be like oh well i'd rather not play all those good teams at this point of the year but every schedule is going to have that right yeah but i think this year is more balanced it there's some rough spots and unfortunately you do start out with a rough spot but in general i think there's greater balance where you've got some easier teams sprinkled in because i'll tell you what last year part of the problem was the lakers took the easier games or the non-playoff teams for granted you they could sure see did. it you could see it nights where they went out and they just went oh it's the thunder did you did you give us the win yet just oh just put it up there just give us that win we don't have to actually play um and that be, became a problem my big philosophy with the nba with the playoffs it's you have to win to win the games you're supposed to win you have to you have to stack up those w's get those on your record so then if you hit a tougher stretch You've got those wins already there to buffer you. If you mess around in those games and you don't take them seriously, that's when you get into trouble. And that's what happened to the Lakers last season. They didn't take those games seriously. They didn't show up to play. They didn't have that passion. They didn't have the chemistry. There were all kinds of things. They had injuries, everything that you want to blame it on. But then when the schedule got difficult in the second half, it became, oh my gosh, this tidal wave because they already had these losses on their schedule. They didn't have that to buffer them. What I'd rather see is you have some difficult stretches but you also have these easier games sprinkled in so that it's it's not like you just get crushed by this just wave of one game after another after another that is playoff team playoff team playoff team it can be really tough to get you to pick yourself back up off the ground when you don't get some of those easier matchups sprinkled in so again there's some tough stretches but i think we see a bit more uh diversification across the schedule this season than we saw last season Sure. I mean, I don't disagree that I, I do agree with the point too that the schedule seems a little bit more balanced. I also really like that they don't have as many back to backs. Yeah, that helps. Um, 
I think it's like 12 games or so, or 12 back-to-backs this year, which is great, um, especially for, you know, LeBron and AD. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can quibble with every year's schedule. Um, I just wanted to bring up that, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit rougher for the Lakers outside out, out, out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if this if there's a good team in here somewhere, then I feel like they should hit their stride somewhere midseason, and maybe these games don't look as difficult or daunting as they do right now. Yeah. Do you think the schedule has any any effect at all on the Lakers' urgency to get a trade done? Mm, good question. Um, like, if, if you're Rob Lincoln, you're looking at it and you're going, oh, my God. Okay, the first two weeks are really – like, can we – are we going to survive the first two weeks if, if Russ is on the team? If I don't find shooting, are, are we going to be okay here? Right. I, I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I feel like that's not even really a consideration if I'm a GM. I still want the best deal sure. possible. I probably look at the schedule and go, oh, okay. But I'm not going to, you know, add more pressure to myself to get a deal done just because I feel like maybe the first couple weeks are, are going to be hard for the team. Because, uh, like, who knows? Maybe maybe Darvin Ham's, like, the best coach in the NBA and he gets the most out of Russell Westbrook if he's still on the roster and the Lakers are doing just fine. Crazy things we, we, do happen. It's it's not quite to the same degree as the NFL, where you can have a team who's terrible one year and then suddenly everything is great the next year. They've got like the top defense or something like that the next year. Right. Yeah. But we do still see some things. You know, the Suns, right? Made this huge rise into suddenly being this this dominant team in the in the Western Conference. Uh, last year we had the the Cavs came from out of nowhere, but he had them as a non playoff team. The next thing you know, they're they're right there in the mix easily. Even they were the one seed at one point uh, in the East. So there are some surprise teams that come out there. So that, that's something you have to factor in. You can't just look at the schedule and go, oh, okay, we already know. Win, win, loss, right. loss, win. Like we can try to make projections, but there is still going to be some uh, unpredictability to an NBA season. And there should be. Right. Like those first two weeks are like, what, six, seven, eight games, I think. Yeah. Like that's not going to sway my decision in a trade. Agreed. I think that's the, the right approach. Uh, Edgardo, Edgardo Fuentes said, hello, Trevor and Matt. Hello. Uh, do you think the LeBron extension might increase the Lakers' interest in Bronny a couple of years from now? <laughs> I think there was already interest, to be honest with you, Yeah. prior to this extension. I mean, like, this, this is a fun question. Like, how, how much did the Lakers angle to try and draft Bronny, Bronny that year? I don't know. Like, how much do, how much do every team... Like that is guaranteed. That is guaranteed gate revenue, interest, yeah, right? national attention, nationally televised games. Like that's that's all of it. I think. I do wonder too. Like, how much do we see behind the scenes? Like LeBron obviously wants to be in LA, wants to stay in LA. That matters. How much pull does Clutch have to angle him towards the Lakers? Oh, are we just assuming Bronny's a Clutch client? I, I would imagine. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm almost pretty sure he will be. Right. I mean, like, it's not, it's not going to go sign with CAA or something like that. Hey, man, you never know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, the Lakers pride themselves on being a family business. This would be, like, the perfect embodiment of that motif. Yeah. I think that if the opportunity is there, they'll take it. They should. Why not? But I, I mean, but given their draft capital situation, I wonder – but again, two years from now, it's harder to project what the Lakers will have or won't have. What What is the 2024 situation right now? I don't even know off the top of my head. Uh, the Pelicans can take their first that year. 
2024-2025 they can defer it right they can defer it i do wonder like I, I was talking about this earlier today with somebody i said you know if the pelicans can pick the 2024 or 2025 first and now lebron and ad both have opt-outs after 2024 they're probably already thinking yeah let's go for 2025 sure right unless something catastrophic happens before that yeah that makes sense yeah um yes but to answer my own question, I feel like the Lakers will definitely try if it's within the if it's not too much of the reach. I don't think they're going to go like way out of their way to do it. No, no, they won't go crazy. But I think they'll they'll give it a shot. Alex is breaking. Sources have confirmed the age of Sean Spaces Davis. He's forty five with two kids. That is correct. Accurate. Um, dropping in to show love. Thank you, Alan. Uh, and keep up the great work. Also, Trevor, go on vacay already so the bomb can drop. I'm going, man. I'm, I'm leaving in like, oh my god, I'm leaving in like four hours, and I, I haven't slept yet. Well, that's good. You can sleep on the flight, and then you can wake up to all this Lakers yeah. rust trade not, news. I I cannot sleep on planes. Oh man, I'm one of those people. I cannot, and, and then I just wind up. So I'm gonna be a zombie for a while. At least you'll be on vacation. Yeah, at least I'll be on vacation. Yep. Uh, Alex says Stanley Johnson must start no matter what trades happen. I would agree with that. No matter what trades happen, why, 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 Trevor? Why do you not want? Why, why are you a Stanley Johnson hater? I don't know. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm largely in the corner of Stanley Johnson. I've been saying oh, that my. he's been overlooked this off season, but yep. I don't think you look at this and say, like, if you go get Buddy Hield and Miles Turner, I'm not saying Buddy Miles, you're not starting. Sorry, because Stanley Johnson's getting your spot. Stanley would take rest of spot. Okay, maybe, but, but. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just you're, you're not going to take, if you add pieces, I think Stanley Johnson has a chance to compete for a starting spot this season based on the roster as currently constructed. But if you go add in some depth, let's say you let's say you do get Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and then you flip THT for Patrick Beverly, which I'm not saying you should do, but if you do those things, those three guys are your starters next to LeBron and AD, and off you go. That's a plausible scenario. Stanley, it's not no matter what trades happen, Stanley's going to start. I don't think it's not even certain that, that he starts now. with the roster as is. Yeah. All right, we've talked about that a bunch. I think, you know, I don't think Stanley's been the top of our list as potential starters right now. And that's just because of how the roster looks like. But, like, let's just say, for example, Stanley comes out in preseason, shoots like 45% from three as an ace defender, as a wing. Mm-hmm. You almost have to start him at that point. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. But that that's assuming one, no trades, and two, that that actually happens, which I'm not betting on. So, no. Mama mentality. Rob tells you to bring a vet for the last roster spot. Who are you bringing? By the way, Trev, have a nice vacay. Thank you. Um, so you have to pick up a veteran for the last roster. I mean, the first guy I think of is Carmelo Anthony. Same. Probably just do that. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's expressed interest in wanting to come back. I liked Melo. Have I like Melo on the team? Like you know, I didn't like wasn't a barn burner or anything, but it was just nice to have him in a Lakers uniform. So yeah, just sure. a, a veteran for the locker room, and if he can come in and get you a bucket on a random Wednesday night, great. Yeah, it's fun. Jose Ortiz, Orlando is a team to watch. I don't know why they would, but maybe, but I don't know what they would give, but maybe Cole if they commit to Suggs. They've got a lot of good young players. They will need to pay. Yeah, but they're not at a point where they have to pay them yet. Mm-hmm. That's exactly They've what got, I was going to say. Yeah. you got plenty of time. Plenty of time to figure that out. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be looking to salary dump young guys for us anytime soon. So Yeah. 
Uh, Ash Cole said, Yovan with the athletic on LeBron's view of a Kyrie trade. Kind of alluded to it earlier, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that LeBron would like to see Kyrie traded to the Lakers, but that's that's nothing new. I mean, we've been saying that for a while. LeBron wants to play with Kyrie. Like, that's pretty clear, right? But that doesn't mean that it's happening tomorrow or anything like that. Uh, although, again, when I go wheels up, something's going down. Like, imagine, like, let's say that report from Woj is true, that Brooklyn's really not interested in two first for whatever reason. Like, the Lakers can't do anything more after that. Oh yeah, there's nothing. If the if the Nets say nope, that's not enough, then the Lakers go okay, that that's it, that's the end. There's like, nothing else they, you can do. Do they panic and throw in seconds in that scenario? Okay, I, I assume, like that's the most they can do, right? Is first and seconds. Yeah, and and I'm not looking at seconds as like a deal breaker or anything like that. I wouldn't either, but man, like, if the Lakers are that desperate for Kyrie and they end up doing that when they're bidding against themselves, I feel like yeah. people are going to be upset. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. That's, you know, something I mentioned on the THT video. The Lakers have been in the business for far too long of doing things that where they lose, right? Giving out player-friendly contracts and then making trades where they just they just give a little bit more than you expected them to. Mm-hmm. And they haven't set themselves up for future success in that way. Like, where's the... I, I use this example. Um, Malik Monk. Right, that was great. That was a great signing, great value, and, and all that. But it was just a one-year deal. That needed to be a few years, then or a team option for a second year or something. So the Lakers had an opportunity to recoup some of that value. Let's say Troy Brown Jr. pops and becomes a three and D wing player this year for the Lakers. He's gone next year. Mm-hmm. You have no bird rights. You have no way to really retain the guy. Maybe you'll have some cap room, so that puts them in a little bit better situation. But still. The Lakers, we haven't seen them sign these deals as the other teams do, where it's the second year as a team option, or there's a non-guaranteed portion of a contract, and it's a three-year deal, and, th- and things like They haven't put themselves in positions like that. They've given out these contracts that are one-year deals, which is best for the player. Hey, Troy Brown, come here to the Lakers. Come show your stuff. Enjoy our spotlight. Increase your stock around the NBA. And then next year, you can go get paid somewhere else. But how much does that really benefit long-term the Lakers franchise. And I, I like that. I like the moves they made this off season. I'm not saying these were bad moves or anything, but it just feels like it's been a while since we went, since we said, wow, that was a really shrewd move by the Lakers, or that's a, a move that's going to really recoup some value down the road. We just haven't seen that kind of stuff from them lately. Yeah. I mean, to me, the Lakers have kind of screamed, let's just get the player in or we do the move now and figure out the rest yeah. later, which, you know, some can argue Sometimes that's just the best course of action. It's kind of like why the whole overpaying for AD thing worked out, right? Because it ended up in a mm-hmm. title. Um, I think the Lakers just operate under that kind of idea or thought process. Anytime they make a deal, it's just let's just get it done and let the chips fall where they may versus other teams that are more conscientious about their future and, and long-term value versus short-term value. Um, I think it's frustrating as a Lakers fan because you see almost the other 29 teams do that exact thing. Um but I think, you know, for the Lakers, it's a little bit different because it's so results-oriented results versus process-oriented. You know what I mean? I think we're past a point where it should be, though. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but if this is just how the Lakers front office has operated. And I it is. And as fans, you kind of just have to accept that. It is, but I mean, look at like the, the legacy show that was on. Right. Look at how the Lakers got Magic Johnson. Look at People say, oh, well, the Lakers don't use draft picks. They don't do anything. No, they, they build through... 
attracting stars in free agency. They got Magic Johnson by making a shrewd trade and getting the number one overall pick. They did the same thing with James Worthy. I will say, though, teams are not nearly that dumb anymore. True. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, you're not seeing the Lakers accumulate assets in any kind of way. They're not getting these contracts where you say, hey, look, they're giving themselves a chance to turn this into something valuable, even if, again, using the example of Troy Brown Jr., even if, let's say you give him a three-year deal and there's some non-guaranteed money. Now, maybe you don't get the player with that deal. Maybe Troy Brown Jr. says, no, 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 no. I want to hit free agency. Players are getting smarter. They say they don't want to be in that situation. But if you can find some guys that'll do that kind of stuff, that gives you the potential for upside, the potential to have a valuable contract into the future. And that can be a way that you replenish value on your roster, replenish draft capital, ultimately, that you've that you've sacrificed. We haven't seen the Lakers figure out ways to do that just yet. And I, I would like to see that change moving forward because I don't think you can continue to operate like this where other teams are making these kind of moves because ultimately those teams will accumulate assets faster than you can. Right. I mean, it, it, I think this is um, all very fair. I think it's just really a matter of like, let's just see how the season plays out. And yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Rob Polink was right to do what he did. Who knows? It, it could be. Yeah. Depending on what happens after this and we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but um, but it's just something that's been on my mind recently. Uh, Renee, Trevor, are you staying up till midnight to watch She-Hulk? I'll probably download it and just try to watch it on the flight. Smart, man. I got to do that. Uh, Nico Wallace. Hey, guys. Been watching for a while. Wanted to ask your opinion on some moves. THT for Cam Reddish. Stanley Johnson and a first for Josh Richardson. Well, the, the money doesn't work with that. Uh, Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. So the second one... The, the salaries don't work there. Right. The You're not sending be... out enough. Right. Yep. Uh, the the first one, though, THT for Cameron, would you make that swap just straight up? I know the salary's not the same, but if you could make that trade, would you do that? Probably. You? Yeah. yeah, I'm probably doing that. And then Russ for Buddy Heald. Look, if you're getting Russ for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and you don't have to throw in first, you're definitely doing it. But No, yeah, yeah 100%. I mean – first and maybe some seconds which was what Lakers initially offered reportedly great do it yeah if you can get something like that yeah if you can get that you're doing that all day yep absolutely uh, apparently someone who is using the name my personal assistant Trevor's personal assistant mm-hmm. said um LA wins this year do Braun and AD get their jerseys retired do they do they get their jerseys retired right now Based on what's happened so far, do they get their jerseys retired? Braun, yes. AD, no. Uh-huh. They win another title. AD is very much in the conversation, I think. He's kind of like almost Pau Gasol to me. Yeah. I, I mean, because, like, look at LeBron. And I actually did this earlier because I was thinking about it. Just, like, because now that I know LeBron's going to be on the Lakers for at least two seasons, I was starting to think about his case for a retirement, uh, for retiring his jersey. Um, up to this point... Uh, he has made three all-star teams, NBA title, NBA finals, MVP, mm-hmm. two third team, all NBA teams and the first te- and a first team, all NBA team. Yeah. I think LeBron's already in. I think so too. And, and then, you know, but and- he only gets one Jersey retired. You're not Absolutely. doing the two jerseys like Kobe. Oh no, he's getting 23 retired. That's, that's already in my mind, that's how it's going to get done. And then you throw in the whole, he could break the scoring record. He can break Kareem's all-time scoring record uh, in yes. a Lakers jersey. 
also Na- narrative speaks for itself. Also, this would be the first player under Genie's watch that would get a jersey up in the rafters. I think that's going to mean something for her too. True. Yeah. True. All right. Alex F., if Russ stays, will he load manage or play 80 games? Russ will play every game that he can. Oh, he's going to play every game, yeah. That's that's what he that's what he does. Yeah, which is great. That's that's one yeah. thing I like about Russell Westbrook. He's durable. Absolutely. For the most part. Uh, Aaron says, Aaron, Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly and Wes Matthews and the Pacers gives us a better shot at getting a championship than getting Kyrie. Kyrie's oh. the one man. Well, Wes Matthews, you're not getting, but but saying you would rather get the depth pieces and then a Pacers deal or something like that um, than just getting Kyrie. No, this screams like, and since it's topical, this kind of screams like a three-for-one trade in a fantasy football league where yeah. – I give you three things and I give you quote unquote depth, but I'm the one giving you like, I don't know, Cooper cup or Jonathan Taylor or right. something. Um, I'm of the mindset that you are the winner of a trade at the time you get the best player. Yeah. So to me, like I, I totally get the argument for adding depth, but I think in this specific case, with these three guys versus Kyrie, I'm going to take Kyrie basketball is the most individualistic sport out of all the major ones. Yeah, I mean, look at the Angels. You've got Shohei Otani. <laughs> Dude, what, have you seen? Did doing? you see that they pulled up the tweet again where it's like the some Otani does something amazing and the Angels still lose. Today he was like four for five, <laughs> and they still lost. It, it's it's actually mind boggling. If that was if you had the equivalent of him, and you you had him on a basketball team, I mean, you're winning. 40 games, right? By himself. By himself. By himself. Yeah, that's like saying, like, like who's, like, a comparable, like, star to Kyrie Irving in terms of just talent? Like, to me, Kyrie is, like, at worst between the 15th and 20th best player in the league. Sure. Yeah. Like, am I going to trade that for three, like... Rotation guys. Like, between 50 and 75? Like, do I want three of those guys versus a top 15 guy? Probably not. You'd rather have a dollar than four quarters. That's fair. Yeah. Big Pothead, whose Abby is literally a guy with a with a pot on his head, uh, said, thank you guys for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate Love the it. super chat. Uh, CJ said, do you think Rob has pressure on him to get a, jo- a trade done before LeBron's minicamp? I think before training camp in general. Although what I is mini camp for LeBron? Isn't that they, like we don't know yet? Yeah, they're still deciding. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't that could be awkward in and of itself? If Does Russ LeBron not, invite Russ to? That's that's camp. what I mean, right? Ooh, I think you almost have to. Yeah, that's like, oh man. See, There's a relationship not? analogy in there somewhere, but I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But it's there. Yeah, there's got to be one in there somewhere. 100%. Sorry, I'm not on my A game with the relationship stuff. I've been thinking about fantasy football. This is also why I'm <laughs> <laughs> I said yes to another league today. That's brought me up to something. Oh, oh no. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's got you. It's disgusting. See why not. Reading that the Clippers could be a dark horse for a big trade next summer. They have three first available and a bunch of tradable contracts. Ballmer invested well in his front office. After Doc, Lakers should do the same. Agreed. I, I, I mean... It's looking at what the Clippers front office done, has done and what the Lakers front office has done. It's concerning. 
it's it's concerning. And here's the thing: there is no salary cap on a front office. If you are, if you have, and I think we're going to know this this season, if you have any doubts on whether or not Rob Palenka is the guy to lead the franchise moving forward, I think he's got a shot to turn things around here this season, and we'll see what happens. But coming out of this, there's no excuse for not finding the very best because there is no salary cap, and you have the, whatever it is, seventh most valuable sports franchise in the world, not the NBA, in the world. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for not having the very best of the best running the team. Yeah, two things real quick, just as far as like the valuation of franchises. That's including baseball franchises, which are being sold for a bunch, and football franchises, which are worth literally billions of dollars. Uh, The second thing was like, you know, I thought that was a good question you asked Yovan on your interview with him about, you know, is it more advantageous to have a smaller or bigger front office? I mean, to me, it's like having more people in the room can be bad, but if they all have dissenting opinions and they bring fresh perspectives. I think that's more useful in the long run, personally. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Like, imagine if it was just me, you, Sean, and Ron making decisions all the time. And for the most part, we all generally agree. We'd probably miss out on a lot of stuff. We, we would miss some stuff, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, that, and that's something that matters, I think. But the Lakers have been always been the mom and pop shop. They stay within the family tree. And unfortunately, that I think that can be a detriment to them. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's prevented them from winning. Obviously, it hasn't. They can win like this. And we'll see. Maybe they turn it around. Look, the the last time the sentiment about the Lakers front office was this negative. They won a title. They, they, they won a championship. Yeah. Not saying it's going to repeat or whatever, but just that's – we'll see. We'll see what they do. Right. Uh, Robert, why are the Lakers the only suitors for Turner and Heald? Well, we don't know that they are. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. We're not sure. I just think that the Lakers have been so active in trade calls that everyone's got sources that's saying that they're calling on these two. But who knows? Maybe teams are looking at one of them or both of them together. I just think that the Lakers are more heavily in the mix because they can conceivably trade for both. Yeah. Yep. And that and that matters because the Pacers can take care of all their business in one move. And, okay, and, like, I also brought up this point, too, though, is that if, Ty- if Turner and Heald individually were so desirable, I feel like we would have heard something on them from another team. And Buddy Heald by himself is he? He's probably a neutral, neutral at best. value on mm-hmm. that contract. Neutral but at that's, best. So that's why. That's why. And then Miles Turner, what does he want on his next contract? Like, like, look at it this way: like, what team is a Buddy Heald move away from being a title contender? Nobody. Exactly. So that's why. I, like, I, I can't think of anybody. 
Yeah, like to me, he's like, and I said this before, he's like kind of like the Derek White of the trade deadline where you overpay for him at that point because, you know, you could use him to, to fuel your run, but you don't necessarily need him. Like I thought Boston would have been fine if they didn't make that deal. It would have been, but I, I still thought it was a good deal. And now oh, it's a great him, deal. And, and Brogdon, but yeah, but I still think they would have been just fine. You know what I'm saying? So, but my point with all that is just saying that, like, I think no one's looking to overpay for Turner or Heald right now, right. except maybe the Lakers who need to make a move. Right, and that's why teams are trying to swoop in and try to get something done with the Lakers, and they're then that's what part of why because the Lakers are seen as desperate. Other teams are saying, "Well, you're desperate, so both the first, let's go." Um, super dope hip hop said 47 million to buy out Rush. Russ equals one or two starters. Uh, do it. Well, you're not buying out Russell Westbrook. Like that's I'm not. Trying, I'm confused by the math. Yeah, here. I don't understand the phrasing there. But you're not going to buy him out. Like if you buy him out, you can't trade him. No, that'd be a waste of an asset. Can you imagine that the Lakers traded all that stuff to get Russ just to buy him out at the end of it? That'd be like pretty disastrous. I don't would be yeah might as well try and get something back uh followed up with lakers fans ignoring ones in 27 and 29 first in 2020 uh 2027 and 2029 with no other assets means zero leverage objectively that means both firsts must go to the pacers to deal for russ to sit plus two starters so that's the the, the basic premise i've heard from every non-lakers fan as well it costs one first to two Take Russ. If you're going to give me Russell Westbrook, I need a first coming with him. And then if you want guys who are good players, you have to give up another first to get those good players. And I understand that logic. But if you're the Lakers, you also have to try to fight for a better deal than, than just that. Sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't really have anything to add. I, I think that makes the most sense. And I've heard that sentiment plenty of times and. If I'm if I am a non-Lakers fan, that's exactly how I'd be approaching it too. I thought it was great when the the Pacers podcast a few weeks ago was saying like I, they're just minds are blown that the Lakers are not just forking over both firsts in order to get something done. Don't understand why the Lakers would wouldn't value their guys like that and and all of that. And then immediately followed it up with everybody knows Miles Turner's not coming back to the Pacers. There's no chance he's returning and and all this stuff. I'm like, well, that, that's why. <laughs> Same breath, bro. Like, yeah, that's why. And you know what, too? Like, I, I think NBA. T I think this is an important note for most fans to to realize here is that teams catch wind of a lot of stuff that gets reported a lot earlier than when we hear it. Yeah. Like, who knows, man? At that point, which was like what a few weeks ago now, maybe the Lakers knew Kevin Durant was going to meet with Josiah and that was going to blow it up, and their leverage was going to increase in a potential Kyrie deal. Who knows, dude? Sure. Like there, there is so much stuff that doesn't get reported until way later. Like we're, we've heard so many times now in the past week about teams have been talking about this deal, but it was actually a couple weeks ago that they discussed it. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Where people just were told, Hey, you're not allowed to say anything on this or, or whatever. Right. Uh, Kid Compton Westbrook, a first and two <laughs> seconds for Kuzma and Kristaps. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just laughing. Cause it's like, would you do that? Westbrook a first and two seconds. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> right? Westbrook dumped the first, and then I get two seconds. It only cost me two seconds for Kuzma and Kristaps. Sure. <laughs> Think about like you gave up a first to get him from Washington, then you give up a first to give him back to Washington. 
that's like going to your friend in your fantasy football league and going, sorry, I actually didn't mean to trade you this. Can, can, we, can, we, can we reverse it? <laughs> Do over? <laughs> I was... So last year, uh, Alex Kennedy from Basketball News is in one of my, my uh, dynasty leagues. And last year, I traded him Antonio Gibson. Mm, and, smart move. And, and that was just dumb luck. Obviously, Gibson's so, value so has fallen, fallen a lot since then. But yeah. I, I basically, through a series of moves, changed Antonio Gibson into, into Austin Eckler, mm. um, which obviously worked out for me. Yes. Um, but uh, today, Alex and I were talking. He's, he's putting Gibson out on the trade market and stuff. And I'm and I'm like going, well, I could give you like a little bit, but not much. And I'm like, am I really gonna trade away Gibson the season before, and then trade back for him and get value bo- on both ends of the of the deal? That would be the Lakers doing this trade. Yes, <laughs> giving uh, him back and giving up a pick to do it. Do you have Brian Robinson on your dynasty? League? Alex does, and he's trying to package them together. Mm, okay, makes sense. Uh, my said, any news on Le- if LeBron's going back to 23, given the league-wide retirement of six? <laughs> so Can you make, the rest of this <laughs> he said, also, Sean stole my girlfriend. Well, see, that's why Sean's not on the show right now. Oh, he's out with the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're out enjoying some spaces together. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're on, they're on spaces. Oh, uh, but... Any news on if LeBron is going to go back? Uh, no. So the way the rule works is that any player who currently wears number six can continue wearing it. It yeah, just won't be issued to anyone else from here on out. So LeBron doesn't have to change. He could make the decision, I suppose, to, to switch back. But I haven't heard anything about that. Same. Um, I like how everyone jumped to conclusions and they assumed it's only LeBron that gets to wear number six. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I think it was Shams because he's like the one, like for example, LeBron. And I was like, oh, people are gonna run with this. Well, because who's when you think of number six, that he's the first one that you think of in the NBA. So no, I think of Alex Caruso. Fair enough. Yeah. Avi B said, if Russell Westbrook is here by October, I see him staying home. I doubt it. I don't know. Well, theoretically, this this comment is right. If Russell Westbrook's here in October, he is home. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Uh, Alex Silva is Legion Hoops legit. They're saying the Nets don't want uh, don't want two picks for Kyrie. So if you guys talked about it, I already came in late. That's what they do is they aggregate some other news sources, which is fine. They they do a really nice job of it. Um, but that's coming from the Woj report on on ESPN, where he mentioned mm-hmm. that. That's that's where it's coming. And we and yeah, and now you came late. So Trevor and I made the great Trevor made the great point that this is probably coming from the Brooklyn side, which is why Woj got it. So. Woj equals Nets right now. Uh, John Drake, I like Turner, but two centers already. If you do the Pacers deal, what do you do with Jones and Bryant? You let them battle it out, and you may find some situations where you say, hey, we really need a rim-running big right now for this specific matchup, or we really need a floor-spacing big for this matchup so you can mix and match them as the situation calls for. Yeah, I don't think it's like a good problem to have, to have that kind of depth, and it's it's good that you know Damian Jones' skill set is not Thomas Bryant or Miles Turner, so it's it's nice to have options basically. Uh, Gian Mercado, no trade is better than a bad trade, right? Which is what I've said for years now. So sure. if all current offers for Russ are bad, it's better than we keep him, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that all current offers for Russ are inherently bad. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the challenge, right? Like you don't want to rush into a bad trade, but there's also context to these things where. 
sometimes the situation calls for a trade. Even if you lose the trade in the moment, you may ultimately, it may benefit you to do that. It may You may still get a benefit from the deal. For example, like let's say the Lakers trade, let's say you trade Patrick Beverly, for Patrick Beverly and you trade THT, you know that there's a pretty decent chance that four years from now, that trade looks bad, yeah. You're looking, it's looking bad. But if Patrick Beverly right now helps you get into the playoffs and make a strong run and maybe you win a championship, then it's fine, right? So what might be a, a bad trade ultimately, depending on what you get out of it or in the moment, might not look bad. And I think that's kind of where we're at with Russell Westbrook. The things that you're going to get, it may be value-wise a trade that is quote-unquote bad, but if you can get some things that are going to help you out with this season and can help you get to where you want to go, then a bad move can still work out for you. Yeah, I think, I, I think you know, the way to sum that up is like, what's your end goal in the deal? Yeah. You know, I think at this point we've understood that bringing Russ into to training camp and even the regular season is probably not the best look for the Lakers. So um, you trade Russ and you have to slightly overpay and you get stuff back you know, long-term that probably doesn't look great asset-wise, but in the moment you accomplish the goal of one, getting them off your roster and two, getting stuff back and recouping some value, you know? <laughs> People are such trolls. Dude. Sean, Mr. Steal Your Girl Davis said, I can confirm I did steal his girl. Uh, John Drake, we need to turn THT into true wings. Uh, six, six wing, who would that be? I mean, Cam Reddish, this guy we've already been talking about. Um, I, I honestly think, can't think of another option. Josh Richardson. I don't. Okay, I, I don't know if he's six six, but someone like that. That's that's what you're looking for. And I don't disagree that they do need more, still more help on the wings. We've been saying it since Kyle Kuzma that they need more wings, and they just haven't been able to find them at this point. How much do I need to give um, Atlanta for uh, for Bogey? Probably more than you can. Uh, Alex Silva, LeBron's always rocking retired numbers. Well, I mean, that, you know, that's why he, did, he had to switch from 23 when he went to Miami. Uh, Grind said, What are your thoughts on Ball saying he never wanted to play for the Lakers from the beginning? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Where's that? Yeah, I didn't see anything about that. Link me. So, possible I just missed it. Um, if he did actually say that, do you, do you have any strong feelings about that? No. I mean, we. What does it mean? Like we've kind of moved on past the Lonzo Ball era, and I wouldn't be concerned about that. Like, I, I guess you could say, well, then you should have said that pre-draft. Then the Lakers would have taken Tatum. Is that but, who the Lakers would have taken? For sure. I don't know. I, I don't know if they would have or not. But mm. in theory, because that was the next pick. But I don't have any. It, if he was still a Laker, then yeah, there'd be a reaction there. But he's not. Like that doesn't bother me at this point yeah I, I yeah if i mean if he actually did say that and believes that and feels that way i mean it's unfortunate but i think we've parted ways i think the uh the post breakup is uh is it's been long enough now to where i'm not hurt when i think about it anymore yep yeah all right let's finish with this we've got one person asked could you tell me do the lakers have a hard schedule or not well they're, I mean, they're gonna play the same teams essentially regardless but AVB said, good news. We have nine back-to-backs. Golden State Warriors has 15 for perspective. So by Is that measure, 12. 12. But in any event, maybe it's nine. Mm. I know their schedule is 
softer and there's more rest built in than we've seen from some other teams. Um, I will say this, though, because of the fact that they play in the Pacific Division and they get to see teams like the Warriors and Clippers more, I will just go ahead and inherently say the schedule's harder. Yeah, that, That's true. The Pacific Division is going to be rough this year. Oh, the yeah. entire West is going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, I know divisions don't really matter too much like they do in football, but just, you know, for, for reference sake, right, the Lakers have to play the Warriors and the Clippers and the Suns like four times at least. Yep. It's, it's 12 games. Not easy. Not easy. I think even the Kings aren't a gimme this year, but uh, they're not. Yeah, they're not a gimme. Well, I mean, some of their fans are excited for forty games, possibly. <laughs> that's right. They're excited for forty wins. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, also yeah. the Lakers over under is forty two wins. So is it actually? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I might have to make a trip to Vegas, man. That's not a. Uh, you're, you're, telling that. me, you're, you're telling me you would take the under on that? Oh no, I'm not saying what. I'm just saying that's what it's at. And it's an I, interesting number. I I would I would slam the over on that. All right, let's wrap things up there so I can go get oh, yeah, ready for for a vacation. With that, gonna hand things over to Matt the Optimist Peralta, Sean oh, Davis to Ron Gutterman, Mark Gunnels. You guys are gonna be holding down the fort here. Oh, appreciate God. appreciate you guys. And this means, Lakers Nation, that you know over the next 10 days or so, something is happening. Something big is going gonna, is gonna to go down. So, Matt, hope you guys are ready. No, I, I am so grateful that LeBron signed his extension today. We got the pal thing today. Uh, I was so glad. I was like, Matt, I do not want to have to cover all this stuff when Trevor's gone. We were talking about it on Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I wish we got the trade today. So then I was going to breeze through the next couple of weeks while you were out. But um we've got a good staff here we'll, we'll be fine um we've got we've got um the live streams covered trevor you're gone for the friday show and then all of next week's shows but the those next are all covered. the next four live shows i'll be i'll be gone for yep yep um so we'll have those covered we'll have uh we'll have the videos up and running on the youtube channel as always covering whatever comes out that's left um and yeah um, just got to plug the fantasy football thing one more time to you, get those submissions in about a week. Right. Uh, we'll mention that on the shows as we uh, get closer, but, uh, on the screen again, for all the listeners on the podcast, it's Lakers nation, FF at gmail.com. Um, if you're watching the live stream now or the VOD, you can see it on the screen. So submit those. We'll be going through submissions. Uh, can't wait. It'll be fun. All right. It'll be a blast. Somebody asked, where am I going? I am. I, my wife and I are celebrating our 10 year anniversary. I'm going to Tahiti. So. If you want to come along, follow me on Instagram. I'll be, be posting a bunch of stuff from there. Uh, at Trevor Lane NBA. <laughs> what a plug. I love That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get to be home uh, on pins and needles, hoping that no major news breaks while you're gone. I, I, I am going to be. I'm already stressing about whether or not I'm going to have strong enough Wi-Fi to kind of like keep up with all of this stuff. Because I'll be, I'll be doing my best to stay on top of things. But in any event, thanks, everybody. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.